got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. I am joined once again in a room filled with Bath fans. My name is Gabriel and I am joined by Charlie. Good evening everybody. And Tom. Hi everyone. How are you gents? Oh, what a difference uh, a week makes, lads, in rugby. Um, last week's ultra positive after, after the Worcester win and this week... Well, I'm guessing this is not going to be so positive, this podcast. Yeah, I think we're going to have to give them the, uh, the pasting and criticism that they deserve this week. Um, positivity might have to go slightly out the window for this episode, so strap in, boys. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, we have spoken about how important this, uh, you know, these three games are. So I think whilst obviously we're really happy uh, because of that last week when we got the win against Worcester, yeah, this week uh, spirits are, are quite a bit lower, um, yeah. Shocking performance, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. Todd said it in his in his post match interview. Guys, might as well get straight into it. Um, and and he described it as as the worst performance of the season. I personally would certainly go along with that. Uh, Charlie, would you would you have any? Yeah. Would you disagree with that? Just the the way that we played it, we just lacked. We we just never really looked like we were even going to win, and it was wasn't actually the toughest opposition, and it was a game that we should have come away with something with and we just just completely blown a very good opportunity by just a shocking abysmal performance really yeah and I think of course we'll caveat everything we say by by uh, you know it was Bath were hamstrung from the beginning uh, with the two injuries to, to Burns and Homer but I really think that we, we can't be using that as an excuse guys I know I know Roberts has spoken about that uh, after the game we'll come on to more of his comments later on in the podcast but I don't think we can use that as, as an excuse can we Tom the, the fact that, that those boys were off no I think you know the best teams deal with difficulties like that and we seem to do the complete opposite and sort of fold over um, you know, at the first sign of any difficulty or, or when something goes wrong. And, you know, like Charlie says, it was almost sort of as if we knew we were going to lose and we were just sort of, um, you know, it was just going to be by how much. And, you know, what the best teams do, you know, when they are faced with the in- injuries or, or whatever it may be, is, you know, tighten up on the discipline and tighten up on, you know, the basic fundamentals like handling and yeah. set piece. And we seem to, you know, do the exact opposite. Uh, you know, 16 turnovers you know, most of them being handling errors during the game is is one example. You know, it just looked like we were trying to throw the million dollar offload when actually what we needed to do was, you know, tighten up on on the fundamentals and just uh, try and make the best of, you know, as you say, what was a bad situation at the start of the game. Yeah, that said, I I just feel, you know, clubs always talk about when the going gets tough, um, they've train for those situations you know people mm-hmm. train for when people get red carded in the first minute people train for when uh, you know you've 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 lost your fly half and he's gone down injured like we've had we've had in this situation um so i feel like there should have been more of a response to that i feel like we just let our heads dropped no one knew what they were doing there was a point early in the first half so it, it didn't help how homer went off exactly at the same time as mm-hmm. uh, as freddie burns as he probably would have been the man to step into that kicking role probably to step up to 10 as more of a playmaker and they both went off and that is unfortunate but i feel like there wasn't anyone to come in and say right boys don't worry 
we got this. We we had three different people kicking uh, uh, kicking uh, for touch in three different penalties, and it just seemed it just seemed a bit disorganized, uh, like <laughs> disorganized chaos, really. And uh, no one exactly knew what the game plan was then going to be from there on. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think you know one of the points that that sort of I definitely got out of of watching the game was I think we were sort of leaderless. Um, in the game, there was no one who grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and said, "Right, this isn't a great situation. We know this, but you know we're going to win this by hook or crook. You know we rely on our set piece, which served us well all season. Not in this game, obviously. We'll you know we'll tighten up on our discipline. And you know Matt Garvey was the you know the captain out there on the field that day. And I, I do feel like none of those pack in particular who are there are experienced guys in there stepped up and thought actually you know we're gonna we're gonna win this. And I really think we did miss guys you know who who we had in the England setup. You know Charlie Ewells, Elliot Stuke, who who uh, you know have shown themselves to be leaders in, in, in those kind of scenarios. And that's exactly what I was trying to convey there, really. Uh, there was no one to really yeah, grab us by the scruff of the neck, as you say, and say, let's go ahead and win this, boys. And I will carry out that by saying I do think that there is a slight selection. The, the selection does have to come into play here. Yeah. We highlighted before the game, we posted exactly, it out on yeah. Twitter, that there was no 10 cover in, in, the, in the 23. Um, and that's obviously something that Todd and the coaches and whoever's deciding the team has chosen to do. There, we had um, Roy McConaughey and Darren Atkins on the bench. Two, you know, but someone highlighted that Darren did cover ten in the yeah. in, in the Premiership Cup, but it's not it's not a position that he can play, and it's not a position that he's he's expecting to fill into you know on a regular basis. Um, and so having two back three players in, in as your bench, you know, Alex Davies was fit. And I just feel that that should have been an option. Burns goes off. We then bring on a 10 to fill in at 10. I've spoken how much I hate about you know, players playing out of position. Um, and it just seems like the, so there does have to be some kind of selection. Uh, there has to be some coach to answer for the selection on that, on that point. Yeah, I think pulling back the curtain ever so slightly here, um, when I was a little bit younger, I used to, to play alongside Darren. Um, and he used to, then when we were about 15 or 16 uh, years of age he used to play fly half then but you know tracking his career career from then um, he seems to have played um, all of his rugby at school certainly um, all of his rugby in the for the A-League all of his rugby for the academy at, at 15 or wing I mean he, he, he was in the same school team as, as Adam Hastings so who obviously was in, in the 10 jersey came through the academy with Adam Hastings who was obviously in the 10 jersey mm. so whilst you know he has had some experience um, you know probably four or five years ago playing fly half that is that is no way to, to be able to prepare for, for a game like this but I think they had made I think they had made contingencies as you say he is, he is predominantly a bat three player Alex Davis was available towards the end of the week, but I know um, Blackadder mentioned in his in his sort of into after the game that Alex Davis was injured early in earlier in the week, which is why they sort of made the decision to have a full week's training and sort of have Atkins as sort of the designated replacement ten. Obviously, you know, no one could foresee that um, he'd be on after whatever it was ten few, minutes, ten, ten minutes, minutes, yeah, nine minutes into the game, and also we lose the second choice kicker, which. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have been Tom Homer. So yeah, very disappointing. But I, I think these are excuses, yeah. and um, we still need to, you know, as I say, find a way to, to get the win in these situations. Yeah, and it's disappointing. You are not disappointing. You know, as unfortunate as it was that Atkins and and McConaughey had to come on, you know, they're not jumping or throwing in at the line out, are they? You know, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't explain the poor performance of the line out. That doesn't explain the the countless drop balls when when in when in attacking situations. You know, you can't you can't blame that on 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 something like that, can you? No, not 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 at all. And 
it was uh, that's just a complete bugbear. That's it's really uh, it's just been such a such a weight over our shoulders this entire season is it's it's a it's a lack of consistency because one week we're saying oh all our line out woes are behind us and the next week we're saying oh that's lost us the game you know we mm. look back you know like looking back at the uh the Toulouse game in the Champions Cup and we played them at home uh line out was all over the shop that day uh but it's yeah. very easy to overlook moments where our line out uh where it's very easy to overlook moments, you know, for example, drop balls on that day, etc., blah blah blah. But it's uh, the line out has just been so inconsistent. It's just really, really. Uh, yeah. yeah, Tom, have you no, got, have you got the stats on the on the line out? Yeah, Tom, I was just going to say what I would say is that um, we've spoken in previous weeks about you know how the attacking potency and like you know the handling's maybe not been you know not been as connected, not been as good. I, th- I think the line out generally, I know it's been inconsistent in some games, but I think the line out and the set piece more generally has been sort of a stronger part of our, our game this season. But yeah, as you mentioned, this week, you know, it definitely wasn't. We lost six uh, line outs, I think that was out of 15. Um, you know, and a, and a lot of the ones that we did win were scrappy, you know, ball to ground and uh, made made life difficult for, for Will Chudley. Um, you know, and those line outs were in crucial positions. You know, when you are in a situation where you, you know, you're not going to kick for sticks, you know, because we don't have a kicker and we're kicking to the corner to try and, yeah. you know, drive it over. Yeah. And then we're losing all these lineups <laughs> in crucial positions. Vicious you know, circle, exactly. That. It's a vicious circle mm. and uh, it just meant a lot of missed opportunities and ultimately a lot of a lot of missed points. And, you know, when you finish one point out of losing bonus point territory, these are the points that really matter uh, c- come the end of the season. Yeah, and I don't know what you guys, I don't know if you guys got a, a theory on this, but, you know, that's continuing our, our poor record, um, at, at Kingston Park now, I, we, you mentioned last week, Tom. We've not won there in any competition since April 2015. Um, and do you guys put this down to, to to anything in particular? Why we're struggling there, the artificial pitch, or or you mentioned it last week, Tom. Perhaps the you know it's often a Friday night game, and, and perhaps we're not getting the you know it's a long trip. Perhaps we're not getting that that build up uh, quite right because you know that, that that's 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 not a very good record. I don't know if either of you, if you guys have have got a theory about why we've got such a poor record at Kingston Park. I think it's a combination of those things, to be honest. I think the Friday night games are difficult, particularly, as I mentioned last year, when you're playing yeah. Newcastle and Sale, because you, you tend to go up sort of on the Friday and you obviously get a shorter shorter week's training prior to that. But I, I just think that these these are excuses again. You know, you could probably look back at each individual loss to Newcastle and, and put it down to a number of, you know, a number of factors on that day. But I just think, like, more broadly, it's just a bit of a, bit of a mentality issue. Um, you know, as I say, you look at the top teams, you know, another game... Um, this season was was Saracens Leicester, which I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah. Um, you know, and Saracens had a severely depleted side playing at Welford Road against Leicester, who you know absolutely desperate to get the win, and somehow Saracens you know found the way to win despite yellow cards, you know, mm. despite massive pressure from from the Tigers, and and we just don't seem to have, you know, that that willing that winning mentality, and whether it's a you know a lack of leadership, whether it's something at the coaching level. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it, it's really disappointing, and it, it's, it just comes back to this, you know, Charlie, yeah, this, well, this inconsistency that you, yeah, you mentioned. Because winning becomes a mentality, and then losing also becomes a mentality, and you know, it becomes a habit. Uh, and so, I just feel that at the moment we are stuck in that rut, having the we just got used to losing at the moment. And I feel like when these games get tough, heads seem to be dropping a little, and the the the, the performance ends up lacking a bit in certain areas. And uh, that's ultimately what I feel is, is leading to uh, a lack of success at the moment. Yeah, and 
perhaps a similar comment on that on that Tom um, on the on the mindset of the players. Uh, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but the comments of Jamie Roberts after the game. Mm. I, I, I'm interested to hear what you boys think of this. Um, obviously, the headline the headline um, the headline sort of soundbite quote is that um, he says that we're we're training like Tarzan, playing like Jane, and he also get, goes on to say that he hates the mindset of patting each other on the back, saying we trained well and then not not performing on a Saturday. Um, do you think that that kind of um, that's kind of what the point you're getting at there, Tom? Um, in that we're not maybe delivering uh, like we should be on a Saturday or on a Friday. I, th- I think it is, but I, I also think it is all very well, you know, a, a very senior, experienced player like like Jamie Roberts sort of saying that after the game, and I'm, sh- you know, in training, I'm sure he is sort of a leading a leading figure. But you know, he was fairly anonymous during the Newcastle game, and and you know, as we said, it takes. Um, you know these experienced players these leaders to step up you know rally around the um, inexperienced guys who you know in this case were playing out of position and and, you know and and really sort of harness that experience to to try and win the game and and he to me was was fairly anonymous as were you know so quite a few of the senior players so um, yeah obviously it must be so frustrating for for those guys you know we we criticise them but you know I don't think anyone you know is doubting that they are putting the the effort in off the field um, and they'll be as as perplexed as we are why it's not translating you know onto the field but um, yeah let's start to see some sort of actions I think on the field rather Mm. than sort of these these stronger words off the field nice like to hear that Charlie any thoughts on that yeah it's just you can you can do as much preparation as you like but if you can't come out on game day then there's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna get you points in the league is it yeah and I think another another one of our issues um, which has been a, an issue in previous games was a bit of ill discipline mm. um, and obviously the yellow card to, to, to Josh Bayless oh. and Charlie before we come in <laughs> here mate, we go I will right. uh, I'll just like to you know you know there is a that that whether true or true or you know whether right or wrong you know that that still didn't help us um, but then I know you boys have got some um, some strong thoughts on this so um, you know I'll, I'll let you take the floor here boys and and, and tell us tell me what you think about this, on, this yellow card well I feel that of course referees I'll start by saying referees are under a lot of pressure to make the right decisions and they have got as many cameras on them as the entire player and they feel a lot of pressure making these big decisions but uh, the lack of inconsistent, the lack of consistency, is driving me mad. And I feel that there is that there is a, a reaction from referees and TMOs and everyone that when there is a big collision or something that looks like it could have hurt somebody, you know, whether it's completely legal or not, the game is stopped and it's reviewed. And when something's reviewed, I feel like referees have a lot of pressure to give a uh, to give a penalty or yellow card or something uh and Do you I yellow card? not at all i think it was i think it was a perfect tackle i think uh he didn't take him past the horizontal uh he landed completely horizontal so many angles show that his mm. his hips landed exactly the same time as time as his shoulder which is which is fine that's a, that's a, that's, that's a legal tackle you're not allowed to take him past the horizontal which is what he did. And he didn't drop him onto the ground like you're not allowed to do. He fell onto the ground with him. It was just an absolutely massive hit by a massive man on a on uh, Toby Flood, who's a number 10. And so the momentum is not going to be in his favour. And he got smashed back and he would have been winded because that's what a big hit is. And that's what we're all here to see. And that's what's driving me a bit mad that just, every, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go down the rugby's gone soft kind of... Uh, rhetoric but it's it's it does scream that to me a bit 
Yeah, and I, I think on the landing point as well. I mean, you know, obviously looking at back, looking at these tackles back in slow motion uh, doesn't often tell the full story, and that's why these cards are are often given. But it looked like quite a nice landing for for Toby Flood. To be honest, it looked like he was lowered, you know, quite carefully by Josh Bayless, who was obviously aware that um, you know he'd lifted him up. But the other point I was going to make is you look at um, where Toby Flood is when when he makes a tackle. He steps, sort of steps off his right foot, and he's barely touching the floor when he you know, makes contact with Josh Bayliss. Josh Bayliss lifts him up, like, in the momentum of a tackle. And then, as you say, yeah, he's dropped completely horizontally. His shoulders touch the same, yeah, touch the ground, the same time as his hips. He doesn't hit his head, you know, and uh, yeah, a bit of a black mark for me against against Toby Flood's name and that, you know, he was, you know, there holding his head uh, slightly after the tackle. Why he didn't then... Probably in go- shame for being absolutely smashed. <laughs> yeah, why, why, he didn't, why, why he didn't then go off for an HIA after, you know, holding your head is, is uh, for me... Another issue, but yeah, I, I think a bit of a ridiculous decision. But you know, let's also look at the sort of impact of that decision. We only conceded one penalty, and I don't think any points um, sort of in that period where, when Bayless was off. So it wasn't actually well. He did. He um, got three points from the penalty. Did he get three that, points from that one? Yeah, he okay. got three points from the penalty that he gave away for the yellow card. So it was, so three points, one penalty out of what sixteen penalties is. You know, it's not the worst return on a yellow card that um, has been. And we were a point away from from a losing bonus point. So it does yeah. make, you know, it, but it's very easy to pick out individual moments. Yeah. It's just the inconsistency. Like many people here would have would have watched the England game uh, at the weekend. Uh, that was you know probably the highlight for all English fans this weekend. Um, and uh, I think people might be able to remember the uh, the tackle on Elliot Daly where he was lifted up and, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly massive collision, but he was picked up and dropped on his head, basically, and it was just given as a yellow card. And if you're trying to play by the letter of the law as people go on about, um, it, that, was, that, that was a yellow card or worse if you really want to go down that route. Um, I'm not particularly upset that it wasn't, wasn't carded on in the England game, but... Uh, if you're going to go by the letter of law and what the referees are trying to implement on the game, uh, then I just want to see some consistency because if you if you compare the two tackles, one man landed on his head, received nothing. The other man was smashed, in my opinion, legally landed horizontally, uh, and that's given as a yellow card just for it being a bigger collision. And I just feel the uh, the visual aspect of something is is being uh, is being taken is being you know, too too impulsive on the referee's final decision. Yeah, I think there was there was talk about, don't they? Talk about you know pictures that the referees are, are wanting to see. I think the moment the referee like sees a picture that that maybe he thinks um, he thinks he shouldn't be seeing, he'll, he'll he'll refer it. And then then once there has been that referral, that they're often looking to give something. I think. But then you know I think that's not why we lost, boys. Yeah. Um, and yeah, fair enough. It was it was slightly frustrating. And I completely understand your point, Charlie, about the frustration. But um, you know I think there are other areas where where we need to we need to to focus our attention on. Um, you know for example the lineup, for example the consistently coughing the ball up when we're in attacking positions. Mm. You know that's where that's where we. No, lost of course, the game. yeah. The, the games the game's not lost uh, or won in one particular moment. Yeah, exactly, boys. Um, another question to you then, lads. Um, just having a quick look at, look at the table. Um, and we're six points from from top four, but we're six points from the drop. Um, Charlie, which way which way should Bath fans be looking up or down at the moment? Well, if we're going by my accountable <laughs> prediction, we're obviously uh, we're obviously looking to make top four. Yeah, that's four. that's looking uh, in doubt of it now. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Well, I highlighted how important this weekend was, and not to get a single point um, in that yeah, game doesn't doesn't sit well. You know, we're we're back in eighth place, um, and you know we that it's when it's when I tell you that we are sat. Underneath Worcester in the table, Harlequins in the table, 
Uh, th- those are two teams that you feel that Bath rugby should really be better than, um, uh, especially looking at past performances over the past seasons. Uh, these have been two teams who have been uh, found themselves down at the foot of the of the table. But uh, it, 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 the problem is, is it's so congested from uh, really from from kind of fourth fifth place all the way down to 12th you can argue that there's a couple of a couple of wins in a row and it'll send you from the bottom of the table to the top or a couple of losses from the top to the bottom and uh that is it's unfortunately we've just been on the the wrong end uh of score lines and we're just in limbo in the middle middle bottom half of the and, table you know it's a strange one as well because like you say there is Exeter and Saracens both unbeaten at the top and then there, obviously there is that real crowdedness um, sort of in the remaining t- sort of 10 teams um, you know I was looking at some sort of stats on how many points you need on average sort of to stay up um, and yeah that <laughs> <laughs> got well, pretty no. dark then did it <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah we, we found you, Saturday, we, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday was a bit of a dark day <laughs> we found yeah, we, we found Tom uh, um, 11 o'clock on Friday night <laughs> sat in the corner of the room hugging his knees just rocking slowly backwards and forwards anyway that, that number is is 25 points on average so we only technically we only need don't, I don't well technically te- no, and look, looking at the other teams as well technically we only need 8 more points obviously to get to that number it's looking like it might be a bit sort of higher this season because obviously in most seasons there is that one team that, that is a bit lower but yeah it does say that it's going to be a very very exciting sort of end to the season in terms of who's going to go down but um, obviously let's hope that we're not sort of in that equation and that we're sort of fighting yeah, for, for top four but, um, but yeah it's very very congested yeah yeah okay then boys um, and then finally we'll just uh, round off this negativity we will come on to, to a couple of positives from the game because mm-hmm. it certainly was uh, one or two I think um, but we'll just turn to turn to Twitter now guys um, and some people have got in touch with us thank you very much for doing that um, as I say every week we're at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter we now uh, have a Facebook page as well uh, Bath Rugby Plug so uh, follow us on there um, and join in the discussion on there as well and if you're not on, on Twitter or on Facebook then um we have got an email address, bathrugbyplug at gmail.com. And guys, one little one tweet we got um, we got about the game from Dave Vernals, who says, are we just straight up too predictable and therefore too easy to defend, which then leads to pressure to score and to mistakes? Who in our back line is going to catch an opponent off guard or make them wonder what they'll do with the ball? And I think that that, that this may be, um, you know, we didn't have Thok and Asiga. Um, we didn't have Thok and Asiga, Joe, Joe Jonathan Joseph and Anthony Watson, um, but do you think our our, our backline is is maybe um, a touch too blunt without without those guys in, in the team? Either one of you? Um, yeah, well, we we've spoken about our cent- our cent- current centre partnership, Robertson Willison, who I I've had nothing but praise to give them uh, all season up until this weekend, where they didn't look very potent in attack. Um, but uh, so I think they are two players who really give something extra. Um, and having the likes of JJ back, which we're hoping will be back for the sale game next week, uh, things crossed, um, that that should be good. Um, give an extra dynamic there. Uh, he's obviously a you know England player. He's a British and Irish lion. He's someone who can create something out of nothing. And we are missing a lot of players uh, who are kind of top draw in you know, certain cases, world class players. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, there's there's certain certain guys. I was I was impressed, uh, ball in hand, the way Darren played. Uh, Darren Atkins, I think he's definitely one for the future. I think you know he, he was able he was to create something and he uh, he was he's able to create things and he created uh, that little that little bit of uh, space 
managed to stay stay on his feet well, broke the tackle uh, to offload and give uh, give uh, Roy McConaughey the score in the corner, whose man I thought was uh, was uh, the only man to come away with a bit of positivity really in that game as an overall performance. Oh yeah, uh, to be honest, the short answer to that question for me is yes. Yeah, we haven't looked potent. We haven't looked potent. <laughs> no, me too. I can feel we, we've, we've we've for me, <laughs> we've not looked potent for. Um, a large part of any game this season in attack. Mm. When we played well, it's been based off strong set-piece, more time, power game, and we bullied teams up front and ultimately got the win. The set-piece didn't work well for us um, on Friday, but I don't think there's been, yeah, as I say, any sustained sort of potency um, in attack. And, you know, I think one of the reasons for that, you know, as you said, Charlie, is is the injuries to these these top players. I also think, uh, potentially contradicting what I, what I said earlier in the season, that not having, you know, that one... Uh, that one fly half, even that one sort of halfback um, combination, has also has also contributed to that. You know, we've spoken quite a lot about um, Gervin Dempsey and what, and what he was going to bring, and and frankly, um, we're not really seeing any of that yet. And it's all very right. well having a you know a strong pack and a strong set piece, but um, yeah, we've got to we've got to um, make use of the clear talent that that we've got out wide in you know in the names that that you mentioned there. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on, and um, I think that as we got another tweet from from Bath Bites, and I think they they kind of sum up that that sentiment when they say it's time to forget the game plans and relentlessly and relentlessly train drills, stop overthinking the moves, and go out and just pl- enjoy playing rugby, play with instinct, fun, and cut loose. It's like they're robots and they malfunction when the plan isn't working. And I think that that maybe is slightly too harsh from them, but I I completely agree with you, Tom. I, I think the answer to that question question is yes. And you know, whilst we are lacking uh, some of our, our game breakers, um, some of the guys that, that can make some really exciting plays, I think that that, that that's been really disappointing. Uh, you mentioned Gervin Dempsey there, yeah. and, and I'm 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 yet to see a, a real a real stamp uh, his real stamp um, on a, on a bar performance. I was going to say just come back on that instinct point. I'm not I'm not sure I completely completely agree with that because yeah it's obviously good for players to to you know use their instincts um you know the, the, a lot of them are really good players but i would also say that you know we need to have a bit more actual attacking structure particularly in the back line you know a lot of those handling errors for me it almost looked like the players were surprised to get the ball you know there mm. should at least be some basic structure where um you know i know we obviously had freddie burns go off but there should be some basic structure when players generally know the shape of our attacking game and uh, yeah for me it doesn't look like there that's in place you do need that you know that basic structure and that consistency in selection, mm-hmm. and then sort of within that structure, players can then use their yeah. instincts and show their skills. That's that's kind of what I was going to get onto. On, onto you kind of hit it there is the we've had such a lack of consistency in in uh, in the personnel in our yeah. in our team. That's well, sorry, Charlie, but that same backline played last week, and you know, yeah, fine, Darren had to come in, but the the centres played, the nine played, you know, both. Yeah, and we spoke played. about yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, we, and, and we, but we spoke about last week. Have, Willison and Roberts have you know had come a few games together now. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, Rocker Aguni was in that team. I don't think you can keep like saying oh the personnel, you know, the personnel. We've had eight rounds now of the Premiership, and we're we going to go through the whole season going oh well that was a shame because we didn't ever get the same personnel no, on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. The system, sorry, but the system <laughs> should be in place. That you know people can slot can, people can yeah. slot in and 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 have no problem in in um you know. But last week we didn't that. we didn't we didn't sing and praise the backline for no, being fantastic. If no, anything, we, we said that we we should have recognised the fact that the forwards needed to take on more of the ball and uh, you know maul them over the hills because that's not where about we were consistency making consistency of selection. I don't think. No, but I, th- I think it does. We we spoke at the start of the season about how important that that ten jersey is going to be. And that is not something we've seen. Well, I haven't got the stats to hand. I'll try and find it out for next week. But uh, 
the we, I still don't know who our number one ten is and which one Todd wants well, wants to be playing there on a on a long term basis. Yeah, I and think, it's it's it, sorry. No, no, I I know, and I, I I know what you're saying. And these professional rugby players, and they've got to step up to the mark. You got to play with the tools that you're given with, and uh, it's. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm quite saying that. All I think I'm saying is that there needs to be a, a, a attacking structure in the back line that, you know, injuries do happen all the time, people go off to England. There needs to be that attacking structure in place that people can slot in. You know, I look at Saracens, for example, you know, who's their tent? You know, they've got Farrell, you know, Lazowski occasionally plays there. You know, Max Malin's Mullen, played yeah. against against Leicester. And, and you know, they, they beat Leicester at Welford Road. And I just think it... It is slightly disappointing because we can't let another season just go by and and and, and blame it on on things that are out of our control like injuries. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you make a fair point. I know. I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, come on then, boys. Let's let's turn this around a bit um, and and let's talk a, a few of the positives from the game. Um, and I think you know you mentioned him, Charlie. Uh, I think we should talk about about McConaughey. Um, you know, he he was the the shining light, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and uh, he he took his try really well, and uh, he made a couple of extra uh, breaks. Looked probably our only sharp knife in the draw on the weekend, really. Um, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And you, you mentioned his try, but I thought potentially what I was more impressed with was how sort of cool he was. Mm. Um, you know, obviously Alan Brew. Um, moved to fullback. Cooper Vuna. Um, sorry, Cooper Vuna yeah. moved to fullback, um, where he hasn't played. I don't think much for Bath, and you know he, he threw a couple of speculative passes. And McConaughey was under a, you know a great deal of pressure, and I thought the way he reacted to that was spot on, and and you know far beyond his experience for a man who hasn't played uh, played much fifteens. You know, and also you know we we mentioned miss miss points. He so nearly was able to score you know a second yeah. try of the game when he grubbed through, and the ball just drifted yeah. out. Um, out out of play, which would have been a fantastic and you know another fantastic solo effort. So yeah, definitely the the, the shining light, and you know probably I would say potentially the only um, real positive apart from maybe uh, dominance at the scrum that yeah. to come out of Friday. Yeah, I think the only other one that I was going to perhaps mention um, was the scrum. You know, whilst the line out certainly didn't function, I think Cat and Cat and Thomas are uh, further you know enhancing their reputation as a, as a really powerful. Um, scrumming it didn't help for for Newcastle that you know their their tight head had to go off uh, quite early doors saw um, the return of Davy Wilson but, yeah um, he's not got sixty minutes in the legs <laughs> <laughs> he does not he was not happy when he trudged on <laughs> I'll tell you we, we've spoken about inconsistency of of refereeing and I I, I was a bit disappointed with. Uh, you know, Christos Ridley interpretation in the scrum. There's almost a tendency with referees to give a couple of penalties one way and then yeah. see a slightly different yeah. picture and just give a penalty the other way yeah. to to even out. You know, I think Nathan Cat got pinged on one occasion for for, for not driving straight. Well, Davy Wilson was on his knees about a millisecond <laughs> after after the set call. So Davey uh, Wilson begging for yeah. a pie in the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty it's pretty difficult to drive straight as a loose head when your tight head just uh, just caves in. But um, yeah, I thought we were dominant at the scrum, um, which again was a positive. But know that from experience, do you? Tight heads caving in. Oh yeah, <laughs> I spent I spent I spent most of my career face down in the grass. <laughs> we, we know what you like at scrum time, Gabriel. Uh, he's uh, he's well, I've, well. Unfortunately, we uh, we all end up getting uh, having is, having a couple of beers within us. And me me and uh, <laughs> me and Gabriel scrummed down, and there was a couple of uppercuts in the scrum. And he's, uh, whatever you do, avoid Gabriel uh, packing down in front row. We might it might be yeah. the way he's going. He may be a prop next <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, talk about David Wilson having a few pies. I think, uh, 
This is a man who needs, yeah. to, needs to lay off, uh, <laughs> lay off the steak and ale. Yeah, those ten pints of Guinness on Saturday. Of the England game. Yeah, then. should we move on to the England yeah. game, guys? Great um, segue. We'll touch. We'll touch on this. Um, on this briefly, um, and we'll focus on on the Bath guys, um, and especially um, you know the big man again, uh, big Joe Thock and Asiga, another brilliant performance, Charlie. I thought. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think you you, you were saying. Um, oh, actually, yeah, you you were saying it was like uh, saying when will these boys realise that he's 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 modern day Joan Lomo? Well, Pass him the ball and something will happen. I think is is your well, point. No, what I meant by that, I was going to bring this up actually. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean it as in like. Uh, he, he, he plays like Lomu. I think that, that's quite lazy punditry, I think, saying that, that he's, he's just like Joan Lomu. You know, Lomu was, you know, extremely, you know, revolutionary player. Um, but I think Joe's, Joe's greatest skill is not necessarily his, his ability to, to run people over. I mean, we saw him try and do it for the, for the try that he, he didn't score. Yeah. I, th- I think Joe's greatest skill is, is that acceleration. Oh, um, he's... You know... Rapidly quick. Yeah, for yeah. that, for his try, you know, he, he yeah. bumps Haley Petty and... Bang! Yeah, his, his explosiveness is is, mm. is unbelievable. Now, I, I didn't feel like he did. I didn't feel he got himself into the game as much as he could have done. I I I wasn't with you boys at the weekend. I sent I sent you a message uh, saying he's been rather quiet. Mm. Uh, and then about thirty seconds later, he runs underneath the sticks. Yeah, so, uh, I think what I meant by it was I think that you know when we, when we get a free play, uh, especially when we get a free play, and just you know if if we're looking to create something, you know this goes for for England and obviously for Bath. You know I think that there there may be just the you know try and get it to him in space because he he just create he seems to create something every time he gets the ball. Yeah, he does, and he's he's got that ability to beat defenders that. Yeah. No players. Players were given arm and a leg for. Yeah. It's uh, not that you'd be beat many defenders without an arm and a leg, but um, uh, he's 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 got a you know really really good knack uh, in that respect, and his acceleration, his explosiveness, explosiveness off the mark for such a big man, is uh, is the stuff of dreams. And you know he so he he can he can knock people over, but I felt and I feel still that he's slightly got that mentality of being of you know almost that schoolboy mentality when you're the biggest boy on the pitch and you just mm. want to you want to sit people on their asses and uh, I think you saw that on that try that he didn't score yeah. he did all of the hard work he uh, he stepped inside beat the defender exploded through the gap um, and out, uh, you know uh, stepped stepped and paced away from uh, the man trying to cover him and you saw him look twice across at the player trying to cover and all he had to do was pin his ears and go for the corner and it was a certain try but instead he tried to he tried to step in and put a uh, put a huge bosh um and uh, it ends up taking away all his momentum so he couldn't slide over the line but uh, yeah i think we are forgetting he's only you know he's very very young no no of course and what, what i'm saying what, what i'm saying yeah, is this is this is something he needs to improve in his game and then yeah. uh, and, he, and and he will and you know his game awareness will improve his experience will improve you know yeah as you say his ability to 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 read a game will improve and for a man who's played you know turned 21 um what about a week and a half ago um you know on actually on the day that he got called up for yeah. for, for his first england cap which was pretty special moment I think for him um he yeah he's a man of absolutely incredible incredible promise promise and yeah um unfortunately we may not see too much for him during the international windows uh, in a bath shirt but um yeah Tom yeah. what did you make of of the other bath guys obviously Underhill um and, and Yulzy was, was were there as well I think another solid performance from from Sam Underhill really put himself about um 
yeah, he he's for me nailed him, nailed that position down. I think in in the back row. And one thing that I thought was really pleasing as well with Underhill is that England are starting to use him much more at the at the tail of the line out, um, which is an element of this game that we haven't really mm. seen as much, I think, for Bath or or for England. So yeah, that maybe that's something that Eddie Jones has been trying to trying to get him involved with. But to have another line out, line out sort of option both at England level and and for Bath is uh, obviously really important, particularly given how how sort of bad the lineouts were for us against Newcastle. Yeah, and I think Underhill's uh, you know fantastic player. Obviously, we saw what he did against New Zealand. He was uh, he was the stuff of dreams, and uh, I just think he's he's you know, he should be a nailed on uh, nailed on member in that England England team. Uh, and I you know, just wish him all the best. And uh, Charlie Yules is uh, is is playing you know, very well, very solid, and reliable in, in the row. Right, lads, moving on from, from last weekend's uh, rugby. Um, and this is probably quite an apt weekend to do this, uh, given the, the disappointing Bath, um, Bath uh, result on Friday night. We're going we're gonna to take a little trip down, down memory lane, fellas. Um, and, and we're going to come up with, we're going to do a new segment, uh, which we're calling hashtag uh, best Bath memory. So this is, um, you know, our, our, our best memory of, of Bath. Um, and, and we encourage you guys to, uh, to get in touch with us on Twitter or on Facebook with your hashtag best Bath memory. Um, and then in the in the podcast to come, we'll, we'll read a few out and, um, you know, get a feel for, for what was the, you know, what was the, the highlight of, of Bath's recent history or, or, or you know, old history, wherever you want to go. Um, and, and Tom, uh, you, you came up with the, this segment. So do you want to kick us off with your, your best Bath memory? Yeah, I mean, there's, I was thinking about this and there are just so many moments that, you know, have been good. You know, reflect on the disappointment this week, but, you know, let's keep it positive. And there are, there are so many moments. And I'm going to, I think, mention one sort of in the very recent past. And, you know, we have had comments from our, our listeners that, um, you know, everything is, everything is quite recent. But I'm going to go as, as, as far back as the last season for my, uh, <laughs> my, my best memory. And, I, I, you know, we, we can make this into a, a quite a regular thing because there are so many good moments to mention. But, um, yeah, this is the one that sort of rang for me. And it was, it was actually the last game of the season um, against London Irish. Um, I was at the rec. It was an absolute packed house. Um, it was obviously unknown prior to that game. Um, if we were going to qualify for the top six um, it was also Matt Banahan's sort of farewell um, game and, and you know farewell at the wreck um, you know we, we beat London Irish sort of handily um, and you know as the 18 minutes sort of drew on it became clear that we were going to scrape um, into into that uh, you know those European European spots I was sitting right down in that corner where Matt Banahan nearly um, mm. got across for his uh, for his hat trick and um, what would have been his hundredth try, but I think uh, it turned out that he, you know, when he'd they recounted that he'd yeah. already got it. But at the time, that's that's what we thought it was. And then obviously there was that iconic moment at the end of him, sort of, um, you know, held held aloft, um, walking through the tunnel with his with his statues gold, and um, yeah, went round to the sort of you know behind the post at the end, and uh, yeah, met Matt Banahan and a lot of the other players, and and yeah. Uh, you, you know, you feel like a sort of eight-year-old kid when when that sort of thing happens. To be honest, <laughs> uh, because yeah, it's just so nice to meet some of the guys and you know show my sort of appreciation and I'll go, I'll say it, my love for Matt Banahan <laughs> <laughs> because what a man, as we said, he he's been down the line. So uh, yeah, uh, very recent one, but I think that would be my yeah, my my best bath memory. Good one. Charlie, uh, your best bath memory, mate. Yeah, so there are a couple there are a couple for me to pick out. Uh, and I, I thought of going uh, again quite recently. I am a more recent Bath fan than you boys who've grown up uh, this 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 uh, part of the world. But um, uh, I'm sure it would have been on a lot of people's lists. Uh, we know how much we like to be Leicester, um, <laughs> but 
the 2014-15 Premiership semi-final home at the wreck. Just the absolute pounding that we gave to Leicester Tigers. 47 points to 10. Uh, Matt Banahan uh, with his hat-trick. And just... Those, they, those are, you know, our most recent glory days. And, you know, as I say, I didn't, I didn't grow up uh, being from the West Country, didn't grow up, you know, breathing the blue, black and white as I do now. Um, but uh, those, they, those, are, those are my glory days as a Bath supporter. Looking back, we got to the final. Obviously, that was a disappointment uh, not coming away with the silverware. But just also the way we used to play back then, looking at the back line that we had, um, you know, you know, Stringer, Ford, Banahan, Eastman, <laughs> Joseph, Rocco Aguni, Watson, all starting on that day. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, beautiful thing to watch. And there's, there's nothing quite as sweet as beating Leicester Tigers, um, which is why my other one perhaps could have been, uh, could have been uh, save it, the mate. clash, save it. could have save been it. the clash of Tottenham, but we'll save that for another day. And they're, they're the moments that you know, you say you weren't a Bath fan, you know, growing up, but they're the moments, you know, watching those games that you know you fall mean, in love with mean, the mean that you will be yeah. exactly. Um, and you know, we, we can lose as many times. To, to Newcastle at Kingston Park I don't care if that 2015 <laughs> um, losing record still intact in 20 years I'll, I'll, I'll still be a Bath fan it's because of because of the, the, these moments that we mentioned so yeah we are positive about the club really yeah I think thick and thin is always uh, our motto on this podcast um, and I'll, I'll also go for a, a game against Leicester Charlie <laughs> uh, this one this one's slightly older um, and let me just just set the scene boys um, you know 15th of November 2008 almost 10 years ago to the day um, Bath against Leicester at the wreck. Bath fly out to an early uh, 20 points to three lead at half time, uh, you know, firing on all cylinders. Leicester in the second half slowly claw their way back, slowly claw their way back, go, go in front. Um, 23 points to, to, to 20 um, and, 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 and then came the, the moment which, which I when I really fell in love with when, when I really fell in love with the club. Um, Butch James, uh, Bath fly half, goes for a little chip. Uh, Bath are going nowhere, obviously looking for the, for the try that, um, that, that, that would win the game. Uh, goes for a little chip. Alex Crockett steams down the wing, collects the chip, and then throws a speculative offload into the air as Butch James just ca- comes straight through the gap, takes the ball and dives over with that famous photo with him with his hand in the air uh, to give us the, the victory. And I've, 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 I was there the day that you're mentioning, Charlie, um, and that was a hell of a day, but I've, I've not heard the wreck uh, that loud as, as I think it was that day. Maybe that was because I was a, you know, you know, quite a young lad, but yeah. Nothing will top that, I don't think. Um, it will have to go somewhere to, to top that day. That was uh, a truly, a truly brilliant day. Uh, it's fantastic. And there's so many memories to look back. And uh, you obviously the ones when when you're there on the day and you're there at the wreck. It's such a fantastic place to watch rugby. Uh, you know, the the setting is just spectacular. Uh, Bath fans are are you know, really nice, friendly, friendly people. Uh, and uh, it's it's just so nice to be able to to just you know em, embrace the what's different about about Bath rugby you know you can get right down close and personal with a pitch uh, it's not the biggest stadium so uh, you, you always feel like quite intimate with the action and that's why you get such so drawn in sometimes with these with these uh, with these games and it's just fantastic uh, having those moments yeah feeling a bit nostalgic there to be honest boys that that's uh, it's nice to go down memory lane once in a while and and as I mentioned get in touch with uh, get in touch with us on Twitter on Facebook via email uh, wherever suits you best with your hashtag best bath moment and, and let's get some positivity on some social media for Barkers. I think there's a bit bit lacking. 
Oh, um, I've quite enjoyed that just to say yeah, like, we're all sat yeah. with huge <laughs> smiles across our faces we've gone to our happy segment. places <laughs> it's just a looming relative of sale at home now <laughs> to make our predictions yeah go on then boys you mentioned it there Tom um, let's, let's come back into back into reality uh, back into present day and, and look ahead to, to back Bart's. to the doom and gloom <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely crucial crucial fixture against Sail Sharks at the wreck um, on Sunday, um, on Sunday uh, this weekend, um, do get down there if you can. I think there are t- still tickets available. Um, and guys, uh, Sale coming off the back of a, a victory against Northampton Saints, eighteen thirteen victory. Danny Solomon with, with, with two tries. Um, Tom, what have you? Obviously, first time we're meeting Sale this season. What have you? What have you made of Sale? Uh, yeah, so Sale have been struggling this season a bit, um, you know, and, and a large part of that has been, you know, due to injuries. They lost AJ McGinty, who obviously um, last season was so sort of pivotal to, to, to the success they had. Um, Chris Ashton obviously had his ban. Um, James O'Connor has been coming back from injuries. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they've drafted in sort of a few players, um, Robert Dupree um, in, in the 10 shirt, for example. Um and I think looking at the team that played against Northampton, the thing that strikes me is they are very dangerous um, in the back line. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Marshall sort of by Fafter Clerk, who obviously World Player of the Year nominee, fantastic uh, player last season for them. They are very dangerous sort of out wide. They've got, a, you know, a lot, a lot of experience out there. So I, I think sort of for Bath, again, where this sort of game is won is is up front. I think the real work on for us um you know, this week should be the set piece, should be the line out um, and also tightening up on discipline so that we can play, you know, a territorial game, play in the right areas and, um, you know, try and, um, you know, try and win the game up front. Because I do think, you know, particularly with the players we have coming back from um, fr- fr- from international duty, I do think that we we will have the edge um, in the front five. So, yeah, I think I think really try and try and make use of that. Yeah, you mentioned the, the guys coming back. Sorry, Charlie, just before you, you come in, mate. You no, mentioned no, no. the guys coming back and I've just had a little idea of, of, of a potential Bath team that um, obviously we don't know the injuries, you know, Burns, Homer, and then the guys coming back, uh, mm. like Joseph, for example, as you mentioned earlier, Charlie. But, you know, we could have a team of, of Kat, Dunn, Henry Thomas, Atwood, Stuke or Yules, Mer- um, Francois Lowe, Sam Underhill, Zach Mercer, Chudley, Burns, obviously, if fit, Roberts, Willison or Joseph, Rocco Laguni, Thokonasiga and, and Homer or, or potentially Atkins. You know, guys, that, that, you know, that's starting to get somewhere near full strength. And, you know, it would be extremely disappointing if we weren't managed, if we did put a team like that out and, and what didn't manage to, to get the desired result, Charlie. You know, that's a pretty strong team, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it, it really is. And we've definitely got... Yeah, we is you know we spoke about personnel earlier, but the personnel are definitely there to to, to get the result. And uh, we've spoken uh, how we need to win all our home games this year, and I've spoken how important this period has been. Uh, I'm blah, sorry, this period will be. Um, and we've spoken how at Christmas we can take a real reflection on how we think this this season is actually going to end up. Uh, but yeah, sale. <laughs> Should be beating them. Uh, they're down again, bottom end of the table. They've uh, just scraped uh, a couple of wins, but you know us at home at the wreck. Um, we've lost. We lost once to. We lost once to Exeter, who are sat top of the table, and that's it. So really, I feel like there should be a game we should definitely be winning. Yeah, and with only two two games to go in, until Christmas, like you mentioned, Charlie, this one and then and then Wasps on the on the twenty third at the Rico. You know, if your council's prediction's gonna come true, mate, this, oh, this will. needs to it be will. It will. this needs to be a, f- a full five point banger, I think. Um mm. Tom, uh, can you see us get getting that? Um 
I can do. I mean, I'm I'm pretty reluctant to make any sort of predictions um, this season because you know it just seems to be very much like on on you know how we're feeling when we turn up, which as we've said is is really frustrating. Yeah, if we can put out a team that um, you know that's anything like what you what you described there, then I'd like to think so. Um, you know, sale play a very sort of heavily sort of ball in hand sort of uh, game. They don't like to kick the ball away too much. They like to play in the right areas. So yeah, as I said, it's really important that we, we get our field position right. Um, and, you know, if we can put out a, a you know, a, a front eight like that, um, we've got to really make our sort of forward dominance, dominance pay. And if we can do that, um, if we can get, you know, get a bit of structure going sort of particularly at the line out, then um, I don't see why not. But um, I, I actually do think it's going to be, going to be a tough game because yet again, I just question, um, if A will put in a you know a full eighty minute performance, yeah. and, and B if we will actually sort of improve at the set piece and, and at discipline because we haven't we haven't shown consistent signs of yeah. of doing that particularly for for eighty minutes. Yeah, and I think you know it will it is good to, to to have a focus on on the forward game like you say, Tom. But you know as we said as we've uh, discussed on this podcast yeah. and as people um, have got in touch with us and said you know Thokken Asiga Rocket Aguni, you know let, let's get them the, let's get in the ball. Come on. Yeah, but I've, I've feel you've got to you've got to play to your strengths and I feel that's something we're not doing um well, and yeah yeah well, I, I, I know but it's 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 about going wide at the right right times and I feel like we're we're either trying to fling the ball wide too too much or we are becoming so narrow narrow sighted that we're not seeing the space when it's there and available to us and we're, we're letting opportunities and points pass us by when we really should be making the most of them and uh I, as, as as Tom's already highlighted Full strength. Our front five is one to challenge anyone in the league, and well, front front eight. Yeah, front front eight exactly. Um, but the, the the we no not won't necessarily have a full front eight. Uh, a, a full strength eight available to us. Um, but uh, the 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 front five. I mean, we can definitely put out a, a a front five to challenge anyone in the league. And I think that Sale that's an area that that they do struggle with at times and so if we can really make the most of that we can really punish them as you say hopefully we'll have uh, Thokonasiga slotting in back on the wing and uh, we can we can you know, mm. really tear them to shreds when uh, when the opportunity presents itself mm-hmm. I think another point that I was gonna I was gonna raise sort of on the sale game and you know particularly when you talk about um, you know low underhill um, you know, coming back in the back row. I think, you know, with Bayliss uh, and Garvey slotting in, you know, Bayliss actually playing out of position um, against Worcester. I think accuracy, you know, and intensity at the breakdown is is really important. We gave away a lot of turnovers against Newcastle. Some of them were handling errors, but some of them were also sort of turnovers at the breakdown. You know, um, you know Ben Curry, um, obviously Tom Curry out injured, but Ben Curry's, you know, very, very good at the breakdown, um, as is John O'Ross. So it's really important that we get those boys off the ball quickly um, and also try and get some sort of turnovers, uh, you know, and there are no better players to do that than sort of Francois Lowe. So I think he he's a really important sort and of addition. Yeah, and oh. some Underhill. He's a really important position uh, a player, sorry, to come back, I think, in, in, into the side, if, on that side of things. Yeah, I think hopefully these boys come back in and, and slot seam, seamlessly in. And I think, you know, another point that I, I think it is important important to make um, is that you know this is this is an extended week now for Bath you know playing Friday night then playing Sunday afternoon you know that that's the longest you're going to get to to prepare for games so you know that being said I think it you know it'll be I think the Bulls will be um, will be prepared uh, we'll, we've got the extra days training to 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 allow the the guys from internationals to to come back in mm. and I think that's an important point to make and I, I think you know 
with that being said, we really need to to start fast. Uh, like like of course you always want to start fast, but um, given that we will have a you know an extra day's rest, I think I think that that's pivotal. And and you know we're we're the home side. They're, they'll I don't know what their plans are, obviously, but they coming down on the day or the night before. Uh, fast start, um, get the rep behind us. I think I think that that will be uh, that will be key to to our success. Yeah, and uh, we obviously sat here on a Monday night, so we don't have much of an injury update on uh, on Freddie Burns, but it'll we'll have to be one to track. Uh, it did look like a nasty, uh, uh, a nasty blow he took. Obviously, tried to play on, so that does give you uh, give you a bit of hope. But uh, hopefully, he'll be fit and ready to go this weekend. Yeah, you could tell, couldn't you? As soon as he started feeling uh, a bit of an injury, he, he knew the the situation with um, the the bench situation. <laughs> you could tell he was thinking, yeah. "God, oh, I want to run this off." But yeah. Obviously, wasn't able to, and you know, you, you can't blame anyone for that. <laughs> Well, let's just uh, let's just hope that the sail boys come down again and uh, all get stuck on the lift like they did a couple of years ago when they came down to the wreck. Um, yeah. All right then, boys. Well, um, really looking forward to the sail game. Um, hopefully, a big Bath win. Hopefully, we'll be uh, back on the the podcast next week, uh, same time, same place, um, and reviewing we, uh, a, doing a key predictions Bath win. Or? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Tom. Um, go on then. You you kick us off with a with a prediction. I'll kick us off. Um, let the pessimism sink in. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm not not looking uh, looking uh, to see much optimism from you. No, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but something about this weekend I'm I'm not optimistic about. We've not been particularly good against um, sort of sail in in recent seasons, to be honest. Um, I can't put my finger on why, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I think we'll be struggling in the backs again. I think I, I think I don't think Burns will play. Looking at looking at his injury. Um, so I, I think Sale, unfortunately, might sneak this. Um, yeah. If we don't get a losing bonus point, obviously that is very very disappointing. I, I think I think we will. Um, but yeah, I, I actually do do uh, see us losing with this one. So um, I'm gonna go. Um, I think sale by five. Oh, oh. oh. I'm, fed be, up, I'm fed yeah. up. I'm fed up of being wrong on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fed up of predicting a win and yeah. being wrong. I can I can see that individual cloud over your head just yeah. raining down on you. Yeah. You're just not. You're not looking like a happy man, are you, Tom? <laughs> um, Go right. on, Charlie. Restore well, some faith. Right, I will restore some faith because. Uh, no, no, no one wants to be uh, to be sitting down on uh, on a Sunday afternoon to watch that result. So uh, I think I think we can turn things around. I do think uh, we're a different team at home at the moment, and we've got to let the we've got to stop the frustration kicking kicking in and uh, and you know and ultimately ruining our results. So uh, I, I I think we've got to be positive. We've got to get behind the boys. I think if we if we can play the game right get the right game plan that pack that we have is is really really strong and we should be able to dominate them up front set piece uh scrum time especially but sort that line out and then uh, i think we can we can get away uh, we can get away with, uh, with with a comfortable win hopefully deny them a deny, deny them a losing bonus point on a say bath by 10 yeah I, I agree with, with that, Charlie. I, um, I think that we're seeing off the same hymn sheet with this one. I think the, the extended week is a really important factor here. Uh, the guys coming back into the camp it is also an important factor. Um, and I think that that's just going to um, you know, bring everybody's level up in training this week. Um, and I can, you know, given how disappointed the, the, it appears the guys were um, on, on Friday night after the, after the defeat, and, and, and rightly so, I think the, the, the intensity in training this week um, it, it will, will be extremely high. Uh, like it always should be 
but I think there's going to be that extra um, that extra something this week with the guys coming back in and, and, and I struggle to see us uh, losing this one um, at home obviously last season James Wilson filled in at 10 and, and we still managed to beat them so you know whoever's at 10 um, I still think we've got a big chance of winning this week and I think Bath by by sort of eight points so hopefully deny them a losing bonus point because um, you know they are only three points behind us in, in the table I hope, I hope you're right boys I hope you're right yeah anyway let's wrap this up boys and, and as I mentioned earlier you can get in touch with us on, on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug on Facebook uh, just type in Bath Rugby Plug um, or you can email us we're at bathrugbyplug at gmail.com um, leave us a, a review on, on iTunes or, or on Acast where they get your podcasts um uh, we really appreciate uh, all of your feedback um, and if you do enjoy the podcast then, then please spread the word tell your friends um, and as we mentioned we've had a really good time going down memory lane um, with our hashtag uh, best bath memory and so uh, please get in touch with us with your best bath memory um, on twitter on facebook uh, via email um, and yeah let, let's let's um, let's get some positivity around the club after what was a you know a disappointing result on friday uh, as i mentioned we'll be back exactly the same time next week to to review the 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 sale game come thick or thin um so yeah thanks very much for listening uh, and have a good week thank you charlie cheers boys and thanks tom cheers everyone